And we looked last week, uh, started six glorious Galatian gems, six glorious Galatian gems. There's one we're going to pick out, out of every chapter of the six chapters of Galatians. We only done one last week, and we hope that we can do maybe, well, they're shorter this week, maybe do one, maybe two this week. Um, last week we looked at, um, the, we entitled the point, Do Not Live for the Approval of Others. In other words, when the Paul was bringing the word, he wouldn't uh, minimize the word of God for others' approval. You can't do that in your life, Christian. You must bring the word as it is. You can't alter nor change the word of God just to suit a situation or someone else. So don't, whatever the, to win approval of people, don't try and make excuses for God. God's big enough to defend himself. He doesn't need you to make excuses. All he requires you to do is to bring his word. And don't look for the approval of others. And we stay focused on the blood of Christ and his cross. Second point we're going to look at is in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. It's a well-known verse. Second gem. And it is Paul saying, I am crucified with Christ. And nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Here's your second point title. You are not defined by your past. You are not defined by your past. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Now, we know ultimately what Paul is speaking of here was the law of God and how the law pointed him to him, to his sin. You see, you can't be saved by keeping the law of God. But rather, the law shows us our sin and points us to Christ, who's our school, or pardon me, the law is our schoolmaster to point us onto Christ and shows us the Lord Jesus as our Savior. And so Paul is ultimately saying that, but when we think of our past, even if you were the best boy or girl ever growing up, but when we think of our past, listen, even our very nature, who we are within ourselves, we're born sinners, born and shaped in iniquity and in sin that our mothers conceive us. You're a little baby sinner when you're born. That lovely little bundle of joy is a baby sinner, is a little sinner. May not have acted on it, but in the nature, they're already a sinner. Why? Because they have your genes. Which your genes are Adam's genes. Adam's failure, Adam's fall, brought forth death. Sin brought forth death. And so when we think of this, we have a past. No matter how pleasant and good we have been. But some of us have been worse maybe than others in the manifestation of our past. So listen, you are not defined by your past. See, many people allow, Christians now we're speaking of, those who have repented of their sin, come to saving faith in Christ, they allow their past, they allow people from their past, they allow memories from their past to destroy them in their walk with Christ. They allow it to hold them back, to bring them down, and they allow it, and it destroys them. Look, no one knows you any better than your own family. No one knows you any better than your own family. And that's why it can be hard to witness to your family because they know who you were. They know the real you, who you were, and they remember what you were like. 
All of us. So it's harder. But if they see the change, then it can be something to bring them. Look what I was. You know what I was, but look who I am in Christ. So you are not defined by your past. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. Now, did Christ die? The answer is yes, he did. So if you are crucified with Christ, when he died, you died. But yet you're alive this morning. I hope you're alive this morning. You're, you're here. You're alive. Your heart's beating. You're living. But yet the old you, your past, your failures, your faults, your sins, all who you were is dead in Christ. You are not the person you used to be. At least you shouldn't even live like it. And neither should you act like it. He says, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. See, there is our strength. There is the unction of the Spirit. There is the one who gives us life. We have died to ourselves. Now we live in Christ. And Christ lives in us. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live. Would you say now I live? What sort of life are you living now? Christian, you live in a life of defeat. Spirit spoke out this morning about living in victory. When we come around this table to break bread, when we come around and take of these emblems that remind us of Jesus' broken body and of Jesus' precious shed blood, we are reminded that he died, but we are reminded that because he died, our sins are taken away from us. Because he died and shed his blood, that we are washed and we are cleansed and we are covered by the blood of Jesus. And this table reminds us this morning that we are not who we used to be when we were in Christ because he rose again the third day and because he lives, we shall live also. Does that make sense to you? But what life are we living? Is it a life of victory or is it a life of defeat? Is it a life of shame because of past, because it holds you back, because it's bringing you down? Or are you free from it in your own self? Sometimes our own worst enemy is ourselves. Our own worst enemy can be ourselves. When you look in the mirror every morning, there's your opposition. Every morning when you go up, whether you're going for a shave, or whether you're going to wash your face, or brush your teeth, or put on the dolly dye, whatever you're doing, I don't know what you're going to do. Whatever you're doing, as soon as you look in that mirror, sometimes it scares you. First thing you see, I do anyhow. There's your opposition, yourself. You see, if you're in Christ, and you've been born again, and you believing in the blood of Jesus to cleanse you, to cover you, and to wash you, to purge you and purify you, if you have been saved by sovereign grace, when you look in the mirror, you may go, Ah, here comes the old man. You see, and that's who we really are. As soon as we see ourselves, there's your condemnation. Sometimes it's harder to forgive ourselves and not realize that God has forgiven us. I'm going to say it again. I want you to listen. Sometimes you can't forgive yourself, even though God's forgiven you. Brother, sister, You need to make sure in your own self, put it under the blood, it's gone. 
you are forgiven. You're a new creature. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That Christ loved me and gave up himself for me. How much does he love me? Notice here, Paul is saying the old man is dead, the old me is dead. And the old ways are dead. The old lifestyle is dead. It's all gone. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Speaking of the Lord Jesus, it says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Looking back to the cross. The power of the blood of Jesus The power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, is still as almighty this very day for you as it was when it was shed. And so he has taken our sins, taken my sin, in his own body, on the tree. I love that old hymn. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified, freely forever. One day he's coming, oh, glorious day. <laughs> and anybody watching, I apologize for my singing. <laughs> apologize to you too. <laughs> See, he, 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 take, he has taken all of that from us. And not only did he pay for the debt of our sin. Not only did he take it from us, not only did his precious blood cleanse us, not only has the debt been wiped clean, the slate's been wiped clean, but even the sins of commission and omission, the sins that we are even committing and those we don't realize we're committing of omission. Do you know you're sinning and you don't even realize it? Even those are under the blood. We know we don't walk in an open course of sin and we know that we live under righteousness as, Paul, as Peter tells us in the last scripture that we read. We know that and we strive for that. But at the same time, we have to realize condemnation can come to a believer and pull them down, drag them away because they feel they're not able nor good enough. And our own selves, we're never good enough. We're never good enough. Your sins are forgiven. Your past is forgotten. Your future is for certain. Your sins are forgiven. Your past is forgotten. Your future is for certain. Look, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, please, if you will turn with me. Verse 9, please. Listen to what Paul writes to the church at Corinth. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, 
nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. That's who we all were. Notice. And such were some of you. That's who you used to be, he says. And such were some of you, but ye are. What does it say? What are you? Come on, tell the devil you're you're washed. Now, when you're washed, you're clean, aren't you? You're washed, you're clean. But you're washed, but you are sanctified. But you are justified. So you're washed and cleansed from all your sin. Your past is forgiven and forgotten. And your future is certain. You're washed in the blood. You're sanctified by the Spirit. In other words, the Lord knoweth them that are his. You're justified. You know what that means? You're declared righteous by our Father in heaven. God has declared you righteous. Oh, I don't feel too righteous this morning. It's not about how you feel. It's about what Christ has done. It's not about what you feel this morning. You can come in here feeling as flat as a scone or a pancake and you can come in here like a tire that's been let the air down out of it and you can feel as flat as flat as ever can be uh, as unsaved as you could ever think you could feel and it's nothing to do with how you feel it's what Christ hath done and he remains the same he remains the same you see you're not defined by your past brother sister Remember, I was thinking about this this morning, uh, just early this morning. And I remember, I had to go to court one time, and I wasn't long saved. I can't remember if Alice and I were married or just dating, if that's the word. And I had, a, I had to go to a wee court appearance. And so I was with my solicitor to meet him in Belfast court. And I had to meet a barrister beforehand. So I'm in this hallway and we go over this. It's just like a table was in the part of the hallway and chairs. And we sat down at it and there's other people around. And we were sort of, they, they couldn't hear what we were saying. And I met the solicitor and then I met the, the barrister comes along. With this file, it was this deep under his arm and he shakes my hand and he shakes the solicitor's hand and he sits at the other side and he sets it down and he says okay so we start talking about the case I'm not going to but he starts talking about the case and he opens up the cover of the file and he says now this file something like this they're going to bring this out to say this is your character because this file is yours. And your medical file and all this sort of stuff, this is all about you. Every part of it. Your doctor's file is a whole lot. Even any reports from the police, the whole lot. Here it is. And boy, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, and I'm saved and I'm going, oh no, I was ashamed. So shamed. Started flicking through some of the things. They will mention this in your character and they will bring this up and they will say this and he goes through them and he's only about that much down. I said, hold on. I, I, you know, 
I need to say something. And the barrister leant across the table and I said to him, that's not mine. And he looks back and he does a check, date of birth and where I lived and where I was at such an address. And it all tallied up. He says, this is yours. I says, well, it is. He says, why are you saying it's not yours? I said, that used to be me, but that man's dead. He thought I had two heads. <laughs> but I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I'll not go into the rest of it, but things turned out okay. But the Lord looked after me. But I'm going to be honest with you. I remember going home. And my heart was in my boots. I mean, my, I, I was so discouraged. I was so ashamed of myself, who I was and what I did and things that, you know, even the, the whole medical file was about my drug addiction and it was about um, pneumonia, falling asleep in the snow at night and fueled in drugs and, and how I was found and everything and to do with it. And it was a soldier with an SLR rifle poking me, thought I'd froze to death and was dead. So I woke up. I was so ashamed. And he's gone through all of this. And by the time I'm going home, I'm oh, this is terrible. Imagine somebody like me. Just being honest with you. Remember, I met Alison. And I was telling her about it. And she just gave me a little nugget. It was a word of wisdom. And it just turned me around like this. And she stopped. She says, now listen. Because she knew I was... So low. I was broken. This is who I... I was ashamed of myself. She says, now you listen. She says, that's who you used to be. She says, it's not who you are now. That's who you used to be. And this is her words. What a testimony. What a testimony. And I stepped back and I thought, you know, you're right. That's what Jesus has done for me. What a testimony to have that a wretch like that. Without shame then. I had no shame. I was dead in my sin and my trespasses. And I had no shame. I wouldn't have cared if I hurt you. I had no shame. I had no, didn't care. To Christ bringing me out from death unto life. Out from darkness into light. And I had to learn myself. I had to forgive myself. And even at times now, the devil would like to come and tell me exactly who I really am. But then I like to tell the devil what Christ has done for me. Next time the devil comes to you, brother. Next time the devil comes to you, sister, two things to remember. When he tells you your past... You tell him his future. And when he tells you that you're no good, when he tells you that you're still the same, secondly, you tell him about the blood of Christ.
Brother, sister, you are not defined by your past. You're not defined by your past. Will you turn with me to Micah chapter 7? You know what I did with this 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 morning? I sat in the quiet of the living room. And I had four ladies upstairs trying to get ready. My wife, two girls and an adopted one. And they were upstairs getting ready. And I was downstairs... I had a cup of tea and I'd been about and I'd prayed for a while and I was in my study and down again. I was a bit thinking about these things. And this scripture came to my mind and I prayed it this morning. I read it out loud to God. And I prayed it over myself. Over myself. It's Micah chapter 7, please. Just two verses. Just two verses. Chapter 7, verse 18. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquities. Notice, thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. I read it this morning with sitting on my knee. I prayed it. I read it out to the Lord. And this is what I said. Lord, there's none like you. Who is a God like unto thee? Lord, you pardon iniquity. You've pardoned my iniquity. You pass by the transgression, my transgression. In other words, because Christ has died, sin must be paid for, don't get me wrong. But it has been. It has been. It's been paid for through the blood of Christ. He passes by my transgression all the times I've broken his law. Notice, and he doesn't retain anger against me. God may chastise me at times, but he loves me. Do you get that, brother? Sister? God may take you into the woodshed, and he may just give you a good going over at times, but he loves you. He loves you. To think that God, who who did create the heavens and the earth, and Spoke the words into being. To think of this God who not only died for us, but he still loves me. Notice. He retains not his anger forever. Why? Because he delights in mercy. God delights in being merciful to you. And you're beating yourself up at times. And you're letting the devil whisper in your ear. You're letting your past catch up with you. It's been forgiven. Are you saved this morning? Then it's been forgiven. 
Are you under the blood this morning? Then it's been forgiven. Are you trusting in the blood of Jesus this morning? Then it's been forgiven. Notice, he delights in mercy. You know what mercy is? Mercy is when we do not get that which we do deserve. He delights in not giving us that which we do deserve. What do you mean? Well, grace is when uh, we get that which we do not deserve. So we didn't deserve, in grace, we didn't deserve the blood of Jesus. We didn't deserve his son to come and die for us. We didn't deserve any of any, anything that he has for us. We didn't deserve salvation. We didn't deserve forgiveness of sin. We didn't deserve to be brought and adopted into his family as sons and daughters of God. We didn't deserve his Holy Spirit. We didn't deserve all the blessings that he has for us. We didn't deserve it, but grace brought it. He gave us it. Mercy runs like a twin track. And that which we do deserve, we didn't get. That which we do deserve, we didn't get. What did you deserve, Cain? I deserved hell. I deserved to be lost forever. I deserved to be judged in my sin and declared guilty as charged. That's what I deserved. That's what you deserve. But mercy finds us. And even when we're failing every day, we deserve him to come to us to say, you're no good. You failed me again. It's like Peter denies the Lord thrice. Denies him three times. And the Lord didn't say, oh, you've denied me three times. There isn't Christ said to him, do you love me? And he showed him mercy and grace. Notice, he delights in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion, compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquities. Thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. And our pastor, when I was coming up under him, he used to say, God puts his sins, your sins behind his back in Christ. And he says, God casts your sins into the depths of the sea. And he puts up a big sign. You know what the sign says? No fishing. No fishing. So when someone wants to come to fish in the past of your life, you say, well, my father says no fishing. Devil, no fishing. No fishing. (coughs) I'm closing. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, a well-known verse says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Again, we're speaking about the law and the covenants, but breaking the law, sin is a transgression of the law. So we're speaking of sins in general, which transgresses God's law. So in our lifestyle, we're transgressing God's law. But all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. See, you're not defined by your past, brother and sister. You're defined by that which Christ hath done for you. You're a child of God. You're forgiven. So this is a quote, and I'm closing with this quote, from an old Puritan. He's called Henry Smith. I think this is Beautiful. Please try and catch this. It's beautiful. Puritan Henry Smith said, He hideth 
or on righteousness with his righteousness. He covereth our disobedience with his obedience. He shadoweth our death with his death that the wrath of God cannot find us. Isn't that beautiful? I'll say it one more time Do you get it. He hideth our righteous, our unrighteousness with his righteousness. He covereth our disobedience with his obedience. He shadoweth our death with his death that the wrath of God cannot find us. Our unrighteousness, he's our righteousness. Our disobedience, he's the obedience for us. Isn't that beautiful? And what does he do? He dies for us and we die in him. And the wrath of God that's upon every unbeliever changes when we become believers. And the wrath of God cannot find us. Why? Because he hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. Your past does not define you. Time has gone. We have another four gems to get through at some point. Your past does not define you, brother, sister. Rather, you're a new creature in Christ and you walk in newness of life in him. May God bless his word to us this morning.